Praise God. Praise God. Great to be in the house of God tonight on a hot summer Sunday evening. And I so appreciate the praise and worship that we have uh, put up in this house tonight. Amen. You never go wrong when you spend the, a good time in praise and worship to the Lord. How many of you have ever read Pilgrim's Progress? Anybody ever read that book? If you haven't, you ought to. Pilgrim's Progress was written by John Bunyan when he, Paul Bunyan, John Bunyan. Some of you don't even know. I could have told you it was written by Superman and you wouldn't have known, but it's an allegory of the Christian life, and the main character is a man by the name of Christian, and it chronicles all of the things that he went through in his life until he got to the celestial city. There was a time in Christian's life when he was going the wrong direction, and he had a conversion experience, and he turned, and he began to make his way toward that um, celestial city as it is called in the book before he left that place where he was where that conversion took place which i can't remember the name of it but it's a type of the church the three sisters that were there gave him a piece of bread and a flagon of wine and he put it in his sack and he set out on his road toward the celestial city on his way there Apollyon, which was a type of Satan, came to him in his journey. And he said, I'm going to kill you. You're not going to the celestial city. And Christian, buoyed with a new faith in his life, said, no, you're not going to kill me. I'm headed to the celestial city. And Satan, Apollyon, drew his sword and... Christian drew his sword and they began to go at it. Bunyan talks about and describes the event. For almost three hours they fought back and forth. The groanings and the, 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 the strength and energy that was expended. And, and many times Apollyon wounded Christian. Many times he knocked him down it seemed for the last time and Christian would get back up. Finally, it looked like Apollyon had the best of him, had knocked him down and was about ready to uh, decapitate him and put an end to him. While he was laying on the ground, wounded and bleeding, he gained just enough strength to make one last swing. And as he did, he cut Apollyon seriously. And all of a sudden, Apollyon dropped his sword and spread his black wings and disappeared as he flew away. Christian had won the battle, but it looked like he was going to die on the side of the road before he ever got to the celestial city until he remembered what he had in his sack. And he pulled out that loaf of bread and he took that flask of wine and he ate the bread and he drank and he was sustained, and he got up and went on his way to the celestial city. I said all that to say this. He got what he needed to get through his battle at the house of God. And friend, 
I don't care what you think about church tonight. You are not wasting your time being here in this place. You may not shout the loudest and you may not run the fastest tonight, but if you will open your heart, God's going to give you something into your spirit and into your life that somewhere down the road when the devil comes against you and he thinks he's going to bring you down, you'll have enough strength and you'll have a substance that will see you through. Thank God for the church tonight. Thank God that I can come into the house of God and worship Him and praise Him tonight. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise God. It's great to have guests with us. Good to have Ann home tonight. And great to have Duana's family all the way from West Virginia. My Lord, they came the farthest to get to church tonight. And some of us were complaining about our short drive. We're glad to have them here tonight. Why don't, one more time, just if you haven't shaken hands with anybody yet, go ahead and do it. You won't get any kind of germs you can't wash off. Shake their hands, smile, say, you know what? God is in this place and he's about to do something wonderful in your life. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. That's right. Make our guests feel welcome tonight. Church family, show somebody the love of God that's been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody sometimes asks, why do y'all do all that? Because it's good to do what we're doing right now. Amen. It's good to interact and share and smile. Sometimes that's all somebody might need to get through what they're going through. Amen. And just to think that you had a part to play in that. Praise God. We love you. Thank you for being here tonight. Open your Bibles to the book of Luke, the fifth chapter. And I am going to read beginning in verse number 5. Luke chapter 4 and or Luke chapter 5 and verse number 4. And everybody that has that, say amen. And those of you that don't have it, just look up. Your word draws nigh. Amen. Now when he had left speaking, speaking of Jesus, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake, and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell 
at Jesus' feet or at his knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And everybody said, Amen. I want to speak to you for a few moments tonight from this subject. God doesn't want you to fail. God doesn't want you to fail. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I don't know if you realize it tonight, but the Bible is an awesome book. Praise God. The Bible is an awesome book. The Word of God, in the words of my precious friend, Brother Johnny Harrell, is utterly awesome. Utterly awesome. I don't care how many times you've read it. I don't care how many times you've handled it. I don't care how many times you have put it to memory. There is something about the Word of God that comes alive And it speaks to us in a fresh way every time we go to it. The scripture speaks of it as being sharp, quick, like a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and is, goes down to the very marrow of the bone and it is a discerner of the thought and the intent of our heart. What a powerful book. What a powerful book. And I believe tonight that we should make sure in our life that we get into that book as often as we can. If I didn't believe that tonight, I'd start believing it right now. Amen. If I didn't believe that this word was the most important thing in the world, I would start believing that right now. And somebody ought to clap your hands and give the Lord praise right now for the word of God. Hallelujah. The word of God is a lifeline to those who are drowning in spiritual failure. The word of God is a lifeline to those who are drowning in fear and doubt and those who have been overcome by mistakes and failures. The Word of God is a confidence builder. It comes to us at the most important times in our life and it reassures us and it speaks to us of comforting words and thoughts and reminds us that we are more than conquerors through Him who strengthens us. When we feel beaten down and overcome. And sometimes when we are even run down. A venture into the word of God can reverse your state. And turn you and put your feet on solid ground. Surely the word is an amazing book. Hallelujah. What is amazing about it is that it is not only the word of God. That's powerful enough that it's God's thought and it's God's, uh, God's ideas and God's concept and God's principles. But what is truly amazing is that it is God's word to me. Amen. Everybody say to me. Not somebody else. Not some other congregation. But to me, the word of God is profoundly important to me. 
And how little, how little do we realize the enormous scope and power of that word? How far it reaches and how wide its breadth is. And that word that is in your lap tonight and that word that we read from that was on these walls tonight is a word that reaches farther and it reaches higher and it reaches deeper and it reaches wider than any other word on the face of the earth. And it is a word that can reach you whether you're rich or poor, whether you're smart or you're dumb, whether you've got it or you don't have it. It doesn't matter your material state, nor does it matter your mental capacities. The Word of God can come to me where I am and speak to me where I am and speak the needs in my life and minister to those needs as I need. Amen. I am thankful for the Word of God. When God wanted to speak to Amos, Amos was a farmer. He was a man who was accustomed to picking fruit and working the field. And so when God began to speak to Amos, he spoke to him in language that Amos could identify. He spoke to him about the, uh, the fig trees and he spoke to him about fruit and so forth. And so it is with our lives that whether we're a mechanic or whether we're a secretary or whether we live on Wall Street or whether we teach in a school, God's Word can speak to me on whatever level and it can speak to me in whatever measure that I will open myself to it and I will believe it. The man who is falling down or the man who is rising up, the Word of God comes to every person in this building tonight and that ought to make somebody rejoice right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Word of God is on its way to you right now. There are precepts and principles in the Word of God that are contained within the covers of this book with the, which the counsel of the psychologist and the counsel of human knowledge and the counsel of psychiatrists can't even begin to compare. You can go to the, the wisest and the most learned men on the face of the earth, but they cannot give you any more or any better information than you can find in this book right here. It works, church, and it is powerful. The Word of God, it is powerful and it can calm anything in your life. The Word of God can calm any storm in your life. The Word of God can calm any trouble that you feel in your heart right now. I want to tell you that this week I woke up early one morning and my heart was burdened and pressed with a scripture. I had read one verse in that chapter and so I got up and I opened my Bible and I started reading the whole chapter and it was like something exploded in me. I sent it off to some friends. I just wanted you to know this is the word of the Lord for you today. There is something about that word that speaks to me in my present condition. 
situation. And it speaks to me about my present need. And it is capable of calming any kind of storm in your life right now. And somebody said amen. Doesn't matter how much life fluctuates. Doesn't matter how much life goes on its cycles. The word of God is forever settled. The word of God remains the same. Amen. Life changes. We change. Our circumstances change. Our problems change. But the word stays the same. Everything around us is shaking, but the Word of God never is shaken. Everything in life is being shaken right now. Morals are being shaken. Our economy is being shaken. But the Word of God is not shaking tonight. Wall Street may be shaking, but the Word is forever settled. And the Word said that in the end, we are going to win. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Word of God is a powerful encouragement to my life. That Word is not only a lamp to my feet, but it is a light to my path. An interesting analogy that is used there in reference to the Word of God being a light. When it speaks of a lamp and a light, it speaks about two different messages and two different ministries. There are times when the Word of God shines like the light of a locomotive and it shines far down the rail so that we can see far in advance what is coming. But there's times that in my life, I don't know about yours, I don't need to know what's down there. I need to know what's at my feet. And so not only is that light that shines down the road to tell me what's coming, but it also shines at my feet so I can take sure step so I can make good decision, so I can plant my feet on solid rock, so that I can move in a positive direction in my life. Somebody ought to say, praise God for the Word of God that comes to your life tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, let's warm up our praise tonight. You can't be that tired. Oh, thank you for the Word. Thank you. Thank you for the Word. Thank you for the Word. That Word encourages me. And that Word heals me. Not only physically but spiritually. Psalms 107 said He sent His Word and healed them. He sent His Word and healed them. How many times have you been sitting on a church pew and while somebody either quoted a scripture or somebody preached the word, all of a sudden you felt a warmness come over your spirit. All of a sudden you felt some kind of touch on your mind. You came in worried. You came in doubting. You came in fretting. You came in filled with guilt and condemnation. But while you listened to the word of God, that anointing of that word came over your life and it was like oil that ran down over your mind. Every thought, every idea, every imagination came under its influence. I am so thankful for the power of the Word of God that can heal my life. It can heal me. It can deliver me. It can transform me. It can renew me. It can encourage me. He has a Word tonight for every situation in my life. Every situation. Somebody say every situation. Every. Not just some. 
not just part of them. God has a word for every situation in your life. Say it again, every situation. Every situation. What you're going through right now, what you're dealing with tonight, what you're facing on your job right now, God has a word for you tonight. And that word is, He doesn't want you to fail. Amen. He doesn't want you to fail. Say that to yourself. God does not want me to fail. Amen. Jesus came along the Sea of Galilee one morning and he found what were to become his disciples cleaning their nets. Coming in from a long night of effort and labor in the Sea of Galilee. They were putting their nets back in order so that they could go again at another opportunity. The only difference today was that they had caught no fish. There was nothing in the creel. There was nothing to take to the market. There was nothing to show their family. There was nothing to show for their efforts. I have no doubt in my mind that they tried every trick in the fish book. They did everything that they knew. They went to all their favorite places, but none of it seemed to work. Nothing worked. Nothing was gained. Nothing went right. Nothing was accomplished. Does anybody hear anything right now that resonates of something in your life right now that you may be going through? That nothing you do works right? That nothing you try works out? That nothing you do is going to turn anything going on right now? Is there anybody here tonight that's ever been in a place in your life where nothing worked? Anybody ever been there? Praise God. Nothing worked. Nothing was gained. Nothing went right. Oh, my word. I could camp out right now. Praise God. Some of you shaking your head right now. Nothing has gone right for you for some time. Nothing was accomplished. Nothing. Everybody say nothing. Pray, but nothing happens. Work, but nothing happens. Throw the net out, but nothing happened. Come back and do it again, but nothing happened. Come back again and do it and nothing happens. And all night long, they threw out and drew in. They threw out and drew in. And when they came in that morning, they were weary, but they had nothing to show for their weariness. And then along comes Jesus. He always seemed to show up. At what some people consider the wrong time, but it's always the right time. He always comes at the right time. And he asked for the use of their boat. He needed a pulpit. There were some folks that needed to hear from him. And so he sat down in that boat and began to teach them. And when he got through doing his teaching, he turned without saying a word, without even asking, without even looking, without even inspecting to see if there was anything in the boat. He just turned to those disciples and he said, I want you to launch out into the deep for a great drought of fish. I want you to go out so we can accomplish what you failed to accomplish last night. Aren't you glad tonight that God is so in tune with your life? 
that God is so in tune with what's going on in your life right now that no matter where you are, God can step into your situation right now and He can say, okay, this is what you need to do. This is where you need to go. This is what you need to do. And if you'll do it, you're going to enclose a great drought of fish. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that God is so mighty and powerful that he knows how to get right to the root of your problem? And he did. He doesn't criticize them. He doesn't lecture them on the finer arts of fishing. He just tells them, cast your net out. Let's go out into the deep and cast your net and you're going to gain a great drought of fish. And as you can imagine, as you well know from reading the scripture, their response to his command is kind of the, what we would typically expect there to be. They, they had toiled all night and they had caught no fish. And so their response to him was based on what they had not accomplished. Their, their first impression was that he evidently didn't know that they had tried. That, that he evidently didn't know that they had been out all night. He, it seems to me that their words were at first defensive, but they didn't stay too long with their first impression. You know, sometimes people jump off the first bridge they come to. Sometimes people shoot their mouth off before they have time to think about it. But wise is the man who doesn't jump every time your mind has a thought and doesn't go crazy every time your spirit is up in arms. And these men who had labored all night and done everything they knew to do, they said, Lord, we've tried. Lord, we've been out on the sea. We've done everything that we know to do to catch fish. But nevertheless, at thy word, Listen to me tonight, church. Don't let your first impression be an explanation for your failure. There's a word from God. And the word from God is cast out. Go out into the deep. And you're going to find a great drought of fish. Don't get lost in your first feelings. Your efforts don't tell the whole story. Hallelujah. I said, your efforts don't tell the whole story. I know you've tried, and some of you are trying right now. You're trying to keep a stiff upper lip. You're trying to stay positive. You're trying to keep your head up. You're trying to keep your focus. You're trying to continue to be faithful. And you say, Brother Hughes, I don't know what else I can do. I'll tell you what else you can do. Don't get lost in your first impression. And don't get lost in your first effort because there is a word that can make all the difference in the world and the only thing that turned failure into success was the word of God only thing that turned these men from frustrated to men who rejoiced was a word from God and that word was cast out go out launch out into the deep and let down your nets Thank God for that kind of word. Amen. 
Thank God for that kind of word. Don't let what you have first felt or first tried determine your fate or determine your future of fortune. There's a better word for you tonight. And there's a better outcome to your efforts than even you can imagine. The thing that made the difference for these men was His Word. Everybody say His Word. His Word can change a fruitless night into a dawn of hope. His Word can transform your frustration into fulfillment. His Word can shift your focus from what you haven't been able to do, your nothingness, to His greatness and His all in all. Hear me tonight. God sent this preacher to tell somebody tonight he doesn't want you to fail and he is going to do everything in his power to make sure you understand that I don't care how much you've tried I don't care how hard you've worked keep on working because God does not want you to fail oh the benefits of obeying him and responding to his word and what's great about God is that God will even be better to you than your expectations. Oh, I love the word and I love the, I love the detail of the word. And I, I've told you this before, but some of you have forgotten it. When Jesus commanded those disciples, he said, you need to launch out into the deep and let the nets down, plural. And Peter's response was, nevertheless, at thy word, we'll let the net down. Now, you know what? If God had been like some of us, that would have really chapped us. If God had been like some of us, we'd have got our, we, we, we'd have, oh, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, you, you're not going to obey me. You're not going to do what I'm, I've told you to do. I mean, look, what you tried didn't work. Surely you're smart enough to listen to somebody that might have a word from, for you. He didn't chastise them, even though they did not fully obey his command. He did not rebuke them because they didn't get all of their nets out. God just did more for them in that one net than that one net could contain. What I'm trying to tell somebody tonight is God is going to be better to you than even your expectations. God is going to be better to you even than your level of faith tonight. I know that faith is a substance of things hoped for, but some of you don't even have a hope right now. All you've got is just a glimmer of something that once was. But God said, that's enough for me. I don't need you to do this work. I just need you to give me an opportunity. And I'm going to bless you in a measure better and greater than you can imagine. I'm going to give you more than you ask for. I'm going to give you a greater blessing than you can even comprehend. Come on, lift your hands to Him and praise Him right now. Amen, amen. Let's stand together, everybody in the building. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants to be more to you and I than we can even imagine and more than we would even allow Him to be. Praise God. Praise God. You know what the devil hates tonight?
The devil hates an overcomer. The devil hates an overcomer. The devil doesn't hate people who try. He doesn't hate people that come to church. He doesn't hate people that call themselves Christian. He hates people that keep calling themselves Christian. He hates people that keep trying. He hates people that won't give up. He hates an overcomer. He hates somebody when he's knocked them down that will rise back up and say rejoice not against me oh mine enemy when I fall I shall arise hallelujah the devil hates an overcomer that's why gossips are always busy around a church because a church is where overcoming takes place and the devil can't stand that and so there's always going to be some carnal person somewhere that's going to look around and say oh did you see who went to the altar tonight well just keep on looking buddy because around this place and in this house we're going to rejoice on the overcomer we're going to shout about the man who gets back up and we're going to rejoice over the things that the devil hates that's why he wars against your mind that's why he attacks you in your mind tonight because he knows that if you hear what this preacher is saying and you begin to understand that God does not want you to fail and if you tried all night and nothing's happened God's going to show up in your life and He's going to show up at an appropriate time and He's going to show up when you need Him the most and He's going to say, hey, it's not over with yet. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the newspaper said. I don't care what the doctors say. I don't care what the psychologist Say, I don't care what the marriage counselor says. It's not over. Hallelujah. God hates people who give up. And the devil hates people that overcome. Amen. Praise God. God could have rewarded those disciples according to their response. He could have given them their measure. But he's not that kind of God. He's a kind of God that if you'll just try, he'll be better to you than even your efforts. And that's what's so sad about some people. They won't even try. They won't even lift a finger. I had a, a young man that I've been trying to help through certain uh, means of communication and and I I finally come to the conclusion that, that he really doesn't want to be helped all he wants to do is talk about his problem what he really needs to do is just grow up and quit sucking his thumb and somehow I've been praying that God would help give me the, the ability to say that in the right way doesn't sound like good things coming from a preacher's mouth, but sometimes that's what we need to do is just quit sucking our thumb and get up and realize that life's not fair and you just have to go at it. The devil's not afraid of him. He's, he's not worried about him because he knows he's got him captured by his own failure and his own mistakes. And he's still basing his entire life on the nothingness that he has accomplished. 
you know what I figured out a long time ago about God? That if I would quit focusing on my nothingness and start looking toward His everythingness, if that's a word, if I would quit looking at what I haven't done and start looking at what He has done, there's a transformation that comes in my life. Oh, I wish somebody believed what I'm preaching tonight. I wish somebody believed that God does not want me to fail and He's going to do everything in my power to make sure that I get that message. He doesn't want you to fail on your job. He doesn't want you to fail in your marriage. Some of you need to rise up tonight. Listen to me. Oh, I hope I can say this right. If I was facing what some of you are facing tonight, a failure in my life, I'd jump up on my feet right now. I'd run as fast as I could and grab that word and I would pull it into my spirit and say, that's my word. That's my word. I'm not a quitter. I'm not somebody that's going to give up. I believe God wants me to succeed. This is my word and I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. You know what somebody needs to do tonight? You need to tell the devil you've changed your mind. You've changed your mind. I've changed my heart. I've changed my view. I've changed my direction. It's a great day when a man or a woman can wake up and realize that it's a good thing to respond to the Word of God. It's a good thing to reach out and say, Hey, that's for me. God doesn't want me to fail. I don't care how much nothingness there is in my life. God does not want me to fail. And I've come to tell somebody here tonight, Your nothingness is about to change into something awesome and mighty and powerful. I said your nothingness is about to change into something. Hallelujah. Oh, you don't believe what I'm telling you tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise Him right now. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 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 Praise God. Praise God. There may be other people in the church that hope you fail. There may be people that you're connected with that pray that you fail. And there are some people that I know that are holding their breath hoping that I do fail. But I'm going to frustrate all of them tonight. Because I got a word from God and that word from God was, I don't want you to fail. You don't have to quit. You don't have to give up. You don't have to turn around. You don't have to go back. Hallelujah. You were made for something better than that. Praise God. You said, Brother Hughes, all I have is nothing. I, all of my life, all of my efforts, it just seemed like it's vaporized into nothing. Then bring your nothingness to Him and watch Him transform it into something that will blow your mind. Come on, somebody. Bring your nothingness to Him and watch Him transform it. Hallelujah. He doesn't want you to fail. 
I said, He doesn't want you to fail. Hallelujah. He doesn't want you to fail. He doesn't want you to fail. He doesn't want you to fail. He doesn't want your marriage to fail. He doesn't want your life to fail. He doesn't want what you're trying right now to fail. Amen. Come on, reach over and grab somebody by the hand right now. And if you have to drag them, drag them, but get them to the altar. Come on, we're coming to the altar right now.